Welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Dominic Romali filling in for Tom Brown. And today we're talking about understanding homosexuality with Alan Schliemann from Stand to Reason. And what an honor to have Alan on the show. And we're going to be uh, giving him some questions in a couple of minutes. But I do want to uh, just read from God's Word here, if I may, and then we'll get into the um, the the question session of this. If anybody wants to like to join the conversation today or ask a question, call 602-274-1360 or pastorgrimaldi at gmail.com. If I can see my phone and get a question, we can ask Alan. The Bible says this, uh, reading from Genesis 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, that word suitable, the word is neged in the Hebrew, and it can actually be in front of or opposite to. Um, and out of the ground, verse 19, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called, whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. <clears throat> the Lord God fashioned into the woman the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So shall she be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Now, just before we get Alan here on a question I want to ask him, I want to see Jesus' view on these scriptures as being the son of God, the incarnate son of God, would he, how he interprets what we just read. Uh, Matthew 19, uh, starting at verse 3, a couple of verses, some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, have you not read that he who has created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So in, in reading those scriptures and, and, and having Alan here on, um, and, and someone that Alan's familiar with, obviously Greg Kokel, and they co-authored an article and they said in this article, until the last few decades, homosexuality was never celebrated as natural, moral, or healthy. But, as, 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 as Greg Hochul and Alan have, have both said, but times have changed. Now Christians find themselves in a fight they did not choose. Now, if, uh, if you remember, uh, when I was on the last time with Dr. James White, we spoke about the Reformation Project headed by Matthew Vines. And... Obviously, Allen's uh, very familiar with the Reformation projects, Project, and they believe that they can be Christian by defining themselves by their sexuality, notably a gay Christian. My question, Alan, is can somebody be in a um, monogamous, ongoing, homosexual relationship and, and be a Christian? Well, I mean, I guess I would answer that question the same way you'd answer a question, say, well, can you be in a, um, could you be a heterosexual man, engage in an adulterous relationship, and mm. still be a Christian? <laughs> and the answer is, well, you can call yourself a Christian, but you're not living in obedience to the commands of Christ. And so, 
that would be a problem. And the Bible's pretty clear that those people who engage in open, unrepentant uh, sexual immorality, uh, as, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, you know, they, they should not have confidence in their salvation. It says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's, that's not a very popular thing to say, but I'm just, uh, yeah. we're just looking at what Scripture says and letting God speak for himself. And Alan, so, so, and, and not, so this is a gospel issue. This is a gospel issue at its core, then. Well, yes. I mean, it, well, I, oh, yes. I mean, in a sense it is, of course, because um, the Bible's pretty clear that anyone engaging in any kind of unrepentant sin it, yes. it should cause you to wonder why are they engaging in un, in any kind of sin without feeling any sort of remorse for it, and uh, clearly the Bible's concerned with that because that's why it says you know these people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So it, it could be as a matter of a person's eternal salvation with regards to what they do with their sin and with regards to obedience to Christ. So how you and I, and I know you have firsthand knowledge of what their approach is, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, you had attended one of their seminars or something of that nature, and, and you'll, you can expound on that more. So, so how, what is their approach? How can they, um, using Scripture, say that uh, the, the Reformation Project, Matthew Vines, Dr. David Gushy, how can these people claim or want to believe that they are Christians? Do they have a, uh, a methodology, so to speak? Yeah, what they're trying to do is just saying, look, let's take a look at these biblical passages that allegedly, they say, condemn homosexual behavior, and let's try to figure out, you know, what, what's really being said here. And so what they try to do is they try to reinterpret these uh, five or six passages that have been commonly understood to be condemning homosexuality and make them sound gay-affirming. So, you know, they're going to take each one of those passages and, and find a way to... Um, maybe draw in other information from other ancient sources that they believe informs their understanding of this text, and that then turns that text into a gay-affirming passage. And so their goal really is to train Christians, who might otherwise be conservative Christians on any other issue, to themselves become gay-affirming, and then to go back to their own churches and make their churches also reformed and become gay-affirming as well. So that's their mission, and their goal is, and the way they want to do it, of course, is by, you know, retraining Christians to understand um, the biblical text this way. And, and by the way, I will just add, they're doing a very good job at it. I mean, like, like you mentioned, I did attend a conference, the one that was in Washington, D.C., yes. last November, and they were very methodical, very organized in how they trained the people who were there. And, and I was one of the people who they were training. Of course, I don't agree with their view, but I was there to just to see what, what are they saying and how are they teaching this. And uh, they spent a lot of time teaching theology, hermeneutics, and hermeneutics, of course, is the art and science of biblical interpretation. And then as they taught, from a lecture standpoint, the passages that we all know to be um, condemning of homosexual sex, they then had us role-play different sides of the debate. So we broke into small groups, into different classrooms, and then had to role-play each side of the position with other people who are participating there. So we really got a chance to see how it's going to play out when we then are supposed to go back to our churches and try to inform the leaderships at those churches, too. This is wonderful insight. Thanks, Alan. And, 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 and I think that and I think that that's why, you know, we as Christians should all be apologists in these areas. I mean, it's not 
it's not something that uh, that you know we just want to uh, turn around. And I think you you said it uh, really well in your in your guide and understanding homosexuality. We're going to get to that now. And the first thing you preface is this guide and this book is not about hate, but making appeal on behalf of God. And I think that's really important. If you can just just quickly expound on that, because I think that that's the the crux of this issue is that this is not about hate, hate. Homosexuality is not the almighty sin. I mean, any sin lying in gossip, if somebody um, does not repent of those sins, they're going to face the the damnation of of anybody that's in rebellion with God. So I think just expound on that that this book and and what you say is not about hate. Yeah, um, right. We're going to be told that what we are saying is hateful no, no matter what. I mean, I can say you know, so I'm blue in the face that I'm not, I don't hate homosexuals. And by the way, if anybody knows me personally, they can, they would fully attest. And I have many people in my life who identify themselves as gay or lesbian. And there's no way you could conclude that I hate anybody who identifies as gay or lesbian, because I, I, you know, we've had people over at our home for years, friends, family members who identify as gay or lesbian, and none of them have ever, um, you know, experience hate from me or, or felt this way, because I don't feel this way towards them. I welcome them to my home. I, I want them to be at my home because I want to express love and the kindness that Christ has shown me and my family. So I don't see homosexuals as the enemy. In fact, they're not the enemy. The Bible teaches that we do have an enemy, and that enemy is Satan. Amen. And it's his lies, and it's the false ideas that he has, perpetu- that he has promoted in our culture and the culture has bought into. And many of these lies are, are lies about what the Bible says about homosexuality. For example, you know, that, uh, that homosexuality, for example, is the worst sin, like something that you just mentioned a minute ago. I mean, the Bible does not teach it's the worst sin. It does teach that it's a sexual sin. And yes. Paul, the Apostle Paul, does make the case that all sexual sins are those that are committed against the body, whereas non-sexual sins are those committed outside the body. So Paul does have a unique category for sexual sins. But even in that case, he doesn't in any way indicate that homosexual sex is the greatest of all sexual sins. Okay, So, you know, that's that's an example of, of, of one of the ways in which many people in our culture think that we as Christians are saying homosexuality is the worst sin. And so, you know, that's just one of many things. You know, the culture has also bought into the idea that homosexuality is something you're born with, or that 10% of the population is gay, and other kinds of beliefs that, again, are lies that the culture has bought into. So I believe those false ideas are the real enemy. Satan is the real enemy. And homosexual individuals are not. These are people who have simply bought into these beliefs and these ideas. They are really victims of the enemy. They are they are people who are held hostage by the enemy, but they are not the enemy themselves. We are called as Christians to love these people, to pursue them, and to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that is that that's that's a good that's a, a wonderful apologetic right there. Now uh, we might not have time to really delve into this this next question because I I, I uh, this question is um, I think one that uh we'll take a little time and if you need to go over to the break with it cuz we'll probably break in about uh 2 minutes but I do want to about a minute and a half but I do want to say this what is the difference Alan what is the difference and and let me say this before I ask the question if anybody would like to join the conversation or ask a question of Alan we can call you can call in at 602-274-1360 Alan what is the difference between someone who has a same sex attraction 
and or one acting out sexual behavior. Now, you have like about 45 seconds just to start that, but we're going to go right on the other side and finish that. So maybe if you can just, there is a difference, obviously. Yeah, many people have same-sex attraction, but not every person who has same-sex attraction has believes that those attractions are something that they want to have. Some of them have, some people have unwanted same-sex attraction, and so consequently, they don't fulfill those desires. They don't act out by engaging in homosexual activity or by fantasizing or lusting after other um, same-sex people. And many of these people are identified as Christians. They, they claim to be Christians. They love Jesus okay. Christ, but they don't act out consistently with those same-sex attractions. Thanks, Alan. Let's God just finish this on the right. other side. You're listening to Coin and E on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Dominic Romaldi. Be back in a few minutes. <laughs> 